0: The NFL Combine's underway, and that means the Quasia Delfa Mensa, and then uh, today Kevin O'Connell speaking to the media. So we've got stuff to go over, quotes to dissect, but also I want to get to know this Fangio-style defense, this Ed Donatel defense, a little bit better. And I want to get to know get to know it as intimately as we knew the Zimmer defense. I want to get to that point, and I'm ready to do it. I think you're ready to do it. So let's dive in deep here on the Locked Vikings podcast. Oh. 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 What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked on Vikings your first listen of the day. And today on the show, I'm going to start with a little bit of news about like possible Kirk Cousins trades or whatever. And Kwesi Dovomensis said some stuff at the Combine that you could kind of read into however you want. We'll go over it. Um, But mostly I want to I want to talk about the Vikings defense and specifically their coverages and the illusion of complexity. I also have a long form article that's coming out today at Zone Coverage to this effect that I've sort of been live working on on this show. There's been a lot of talk about 34s and stuff. So I've been kind of working on this for a long time. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to kind of bring you what I've learned and hopefully bring you along with me. But first, let, let's talk about all the new stuff. Um, so, Quisido Fomensa gave a whole bunch of non-answers in a press conference at the Combine. I, I still think you should watch it. It's just nice to hear the new GM talk. He's extremely smooth. He's, like, very charismatic, and he gives great pressers. So they're just enjoyable. I recommend them. But separately from that conversation, at least it looks separate, um, Chad Graff of The Athletic also... Gave us some stuff about Quesia D'Affimensa. And he, there were, it sounds like there were some pretty tough questions asked about Kirk Cousins. Um, And the real quote everybody ran with, all the beat reporters ran with, was everything is in play when asked about Kirk Cousins and, and the contract and stuff like that. And I mean, look, Adolph Mensa has waxed poetic about Kirk Cousins and he stood up for um, Cousins' skill set and stuff and said, We really like Cousins. He was one of the first people I called when I got the job. Part of the reason I came to the job was because of Kirk Cousins and said all of those things and then turns around and says, Look, it's a fluid situation. I don't actually want to talk about it. So the read that I get off of all of this stuff, um, all, all of these quotes, Everything is in play, um, but also saying when the odds are shifted in his favor, he's good at getting the most out of it. And then talking about how, well, everybody looked at the 2017 draft class negatively, so the fact that everybody's looking at this draft class negatively can't be that bad. Um, and you know, well, I'm not really going to say anything. And he said he talked to Mike McCartney, who's Kirk Cousins' agent and said, look, we all talked about our vision for the team and what we want to accomplish, but the conversations are ongoing and I don't want to talk about it. All of these quotes mixed with what I'm going to call the media blitz the Vikings did by, you know, having uh, NFL network segments with Ian Rappaport, who kind of very famously Gets his source from team from like team approved or gets his information from team approved sources and all that um, doing a, a segment on how the Vikings love Kirk Cousins like every three days. All of this adds up to me. This is what I see. And this is just me reading the tea leaves. I don't have any more information than what you can find if you search Twitter hard enough. But Um, here's, here's what I see. I think the Vikings genuinely like Kirk. I don't think all of that stuff's a big old lie. I think they genuinely like him and they want him to continue to be the quarterback. They also understand that the fact that he took up almost 17% of the cap last year is an untenable way to, to win. Um, and so they want to get his contract down and they want to try to do a better job of that. I still think that the like odds on favorite outcome is that they come to a deal because both sides want to come to a deal and when both sides want to come to a deal, usually life finds a way. Uh, but I, I don't think this is a foregone conclusion by any stretch of the imagination. And the, with that in mind, the Vikings have to sort of hedge their bets, Um, where with what you say publicly, look, if you can't get a contract worked out and he has to hit the trade block, so be it. Um, and you should probably have your, your PR campaign, like, aimed that way. Say, yeah, we of course we love Kirk Cousins. We absolutely want him to be part of this team. And with that information out there, any asking prices, you're going to be able to make the asking price that much higher. You might not have to do that, but it's nice to have that in your back pocket. So I think that's where it is. I think they're trying to get a contract done, but understand that a contract could, like there are worlds where a contract just does not get worked out. And they are also like aware of that possibility and are planning contingencies for it. But if you ask me to predict it, gun to my head, I think he's getting an extension. And I, I think that's a pretty favorable outcome. I think that's a very, or not favorable, a very probable outcome, a favored outcome. So all that said, I want to flip completely to the other side of the ball now and talk about the Fangio defense um, and the Donatel defense by proxy. But I'm going to talk about it as the Fangio defense because that's sort of what it's known as. Um, and we, I want to talk about coverages. We talked a lot, a lot about fronts and we talked about blitzes and stuff like that and, and, and pressure packages. But I want to talk about coverage, how the Fangio defense is actually to play their coverages. And it's a lot different than the way Zimmer did. So we kind of have to reteach ourselves defense if we want to understand what the Vikings are doing. And the biggest part of that, and I'll start here, is understanding the difference between zone match and man match. And it's a very quick difference in man match defenses, which is what Zimmer ran here, the Saban, the Belichick, a bunch of teams in the NFL run it, um, is there's a set of rules that tells you who you cover, and then you cover that person man to man. So it's man to man coverage everywhere. Um, but there are rules that say, you know, if this guy breaks outside, you take him, but if he breaks inside, you take a different guy. And if he goes vertical, you know, you pass him off. But if he doesn't go vertical, you take him and then there's adjustments to that. And it's a very fluid dynamic, very complicated coverage. I've written a lot about it. So if you do still want to learn it, and I kind of recommend that you do um, before you get into this, go, go do that. Because going from an understanding of man match to an understanding of what Fangio does, which is zone match, I think is a lot easier than going from nothing to understanding zone match. But zone match... Is the same concept where you're using man-to-man technique. You're trying to stay hip to hip with guys. You're trying to be tight to routes in classic zone, as as opposed to in classic zone where you're not really playing the player at all. You're playing the quarterback and the ball, and you're you, you've got your eyes on the quarterback, and you're waiting to see where he throws it, and then you make a break on the ball, and you're not really like reacting all that much to where the actual receiver goes. Where in in zone match, you're parking yourself right on the receiver. The difference is that in man match, you once you buy him, you can't sell him, is the way a lot of coaches say it. Whereas the rules tell you, I cover that person man to man, and then whatever else he does after you've made the declaration, I've got him, he's yours. So if he goes out of where your spot was supposed to be later in the play, he's still yours, and you got to chase him around for the entire play. In zone match, they will teach, well, one way people teach it is match, carry, deliver. So you, you match his release the same way you do in, in man match where, you know, if he goes outside, you go outside, etc. you carry him, you, you stay on him, you park yourself hip to hip on him best you can. And then you deliver him off to somebody else when he hits a certain landmark or when it becomes a certain thing. So match, carry, deliver, um, you know, be on him until somebody else can pick him up. And that is, it's very different to play against and it's very different to teach. It's different techniques and stuff. But the underlying principle is the same, which is I am using man coverage technique on this person. And a certain set of some instruction tells me who I'm getting. And in man match, it's if thens, I guess I would call them And in zone match. It's spatial. If he comes into my zone, I've got him. There's so much more. I'm going to get into specific coverages and stuff too, and also how the run game and run defense sort of affects all this, which I think is a really crucial part of it. And by the end, the hope is that you have an intuitive understanding of a Fangio defense, and you can look at a play and say, oh, this was that coverage. Because what's nice about the Fangio defense is there's only like four or five families of coverage. And there's variants within that. But usually you can kind of see what a coverage is and say, ah, OK, this one is that. And you can bucket it all together and at least have like a, a surface level understanding. And that's where I want to get you to at the end of this. First things first, though, I got to talk to you about a good old gramble. Look, basketball season is here. It's very fun. We're after the All-Star break. Things are getting real. Baseball might play a game. They might not. I guess they're starting to lose games at the beginning. That's a whole thing. But when they play, you can ramble on that, too. There's, of course, hockey, tennis, Uh, there's softball. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in the world of of baseball. You're a big baseball fan and you you can't watch the MLB. There's all sorts of cool alternatives and you can ramble on them at betonline.com it's your one-stop shop for all things news odds and scores they have a player props builder where you can construct all of your weird and wacky parlays uh there's a live betting apparatus you can feel out a game as it goes and you know make a bet at halftime or if you missed the opening line by five minutes just make the same bet on the live betting apparatus it's all going to be the same head on over to betonline.net get yourself a gramblin it is absolutely awesome that is betonline.net where the game starts Hey, did you know Locked On NFL is on YouTube? A lot of people don't. Now you're smarter for for knowing that, I guess. Look, I'm on Locked On NFL on Tuesdays. We go live also on Mondays if you want to just check it out live, too, with uh, Ross Jackson, who does Locked On Saints. And yes, I talked to him about that time Kyle Rudolph totally didn't push off all the time. So come hang out on Locked On NFL YouTube for that. Uh, Let's keep going on the Fangio stuff. So... If you understand the idea of a zone match, that's that's really crucial here. but let me back up even further and talk a little bit about the run fits. um basically, the the thing I want to get you to understand is that very often a safety will line up in in two in a too high alignment. So both the safeties will be deep, and then one of them, will uh, rotate down and rotate is a very intuitive word for me because it means that one safety will come down into the box, be part of the run game. And the other one will sort of become a middle safety. And now it's a one high defense or a middle of field, close defense, if you prefer with that in mind, that's part of the run fit. The, the way that a Fangio and by proxy, Donatel again, um, defense wants to defend the run it wants to overlap in a lot of gaps. So you, everybody has a primary and a secondary gap that's called gap and a half. We've talked about that a little bit. But that means that every gap is someone's primary assignment. And a lot of times it's someone's secondary assignment. And sometimes it can be two people's secondary assignment. So with any luck, if everybody plays the play right, a running back could pick a gap with three dudes in it. And it allows you to be very multiple. But part of that is also the safety being involved. And he's he's got a primary gap. So there is a gap... Where it's only someone's secondary gap and then it's the safety's primary gap, but you need to give them time. So the gap that the safety usually takes is the one between the tackle and the tight end or the ghost tight end. If there's no tight end, you just kind of pretend there's one. Um, And so that means that he's coming down and that like spatially, that's about where he is. He's about on the tight end. And uh, oftentimes that safety is then tasked with covering man to man the tight end. So tight end erasing safeties, you know, big matchup guys, guys with a build like a a J-Ron curse was kind of like this when he was here, um, is, is very popular in a Fangio style defense because they end up on tight ends a lot. Um, but really it's all about disguising it. And, and the next thing I want you to understand about a Fangio defense is that you've got these kind of very simple coverages. They run cover one, cover six, and I'll call it their version of cover three. And that comprises a huge portion of Fangio schemes. Cover one, cover six, cover three. That's it. I'm going to go over all of them. And so that should be really simple for a, a coach to install, but by proxy, very simple for an offense to go up against. But if you've heard about the Fangio defenses, you might be thinking, wait, that's not simple. I've never heard that they're simple. The thing about a Fangio defense is they look very complex because within cover one, who's doing what job changes a whole bunch. And they have a bunch of variants where it's all the same job. You've got a deep defender, a middle defender, and man defenders. Um, But who is which changes all the time. And it makes it really difficult to diagnose which coverage is which because In every coverage, a safety can be triggering down and being part of the run, or a safety can go over the top, and kind of that's part of every coverage in a way, and they all look very similar to start, and so it creates the illusion of complexity. It is spiritually very similar to the McVeigh offenses, and I think that's why Kevin O'Connell gravitated towards it, because that illusion of complexity, it's simple for me to teach you, but it's hard to play against, seems to be the optimal move, and I think that's the logic behind it. Um, But let's talk about cover one. That is Probably going to be the coverage you see the most. And that's very scary because cover one is man coverage. You just got to have the horses to do it. You got to have the dogs. You got to have corners who can cover everybody one on one because they're not going to have help over the top. This isn't like the Zimmer defense where everybody kind of had a little help. And if he goes inside, I can pass him off. But if he goes deep, then I've got him. But I don't have him shallow, so I can really commit. None of that is present here. In, in Fangio Cover 1. There's some of that. Of course, there's a deep safety that might help you a little bit and he might end up bracketing and there's a guy over the middle. But otherwise, that's one-on-one, baby. You just have the guy and you have to go win your matchup, which is a very, very difficult thing to do, which is a very, very difficult thing to do. Um, it, within Cover 1, however, this is the advantage of it. So Cover 1 usually has an underneath zone of some sort and that guy... there's a million different words for that guy. Some people call him a robber. Some people call him a rat. Some people call him a hole defender. But really, he is kind of patrolling over the middle of the field looking for stuff to pick off or break up. If there's a crossing route, if there's a slant, if there's a post, depending on kind of the game plan, he's the guy who's looking to break it up. And depending on who that guy is, that is the variant of cover one. So cover one lurk in a Fangio system usually is a safety that is rotated down into the box, like for that run game, and then plays that underneath zone, and he's lurking, right? He's trying to pick something off. Cover one robber is when he doesn't rotate down into the box, and it just starts from that that single high alignment, and then somebody just plays underneath, and somebody plays over to the top. Um, That's cover one robber. Again, it's the exact same thing, but what happens pre-step and who it actually is can vary. Cover one rat Exact same deal. You've got a safety over the top and then you've got somebody playing the underneath zone, but instead of a safety, it's a linebacker. And when it's a linebacker, it's a rat. When it's a safety, it's a a, a lurk zone, I guess. And... All of that is great. It's all the same thing. And so as long as you as a defender understand, okay, five people play man, somebody plays a deep zone, somebody plays a shallow zone over the middle, then you can kind of say, okay, today it's, if it's rat, then I'm the middle guy. And if not, then it's man coverage. And if it's rat and the linebacker takes the middle zone and I'm the safety, I know I have man to man on the tight end. And that creates the illusion of complexity. That's all not that hard to grasp. But from a quarterback's perspective who doesn't know what this is, if you see the safety trigger down into the box and then play a middle zone, that could be cover one, that could be cover three, that could be cover six, because all of them have a variant where the safety is playing an underneath zone or somewhere around the middle of the field, and it's very difficult to differentiate. So all your coverages kind of look the same pre-snap um, because of the way that that safety assignments work. And the next thing we have to do, we have to talk about cover six, and covers three. And once you hear how those work, I think you're going to start to get that like, wow, yeah, th- this would be really difficult for a quarterback to differentiate between all these and diagnose these coverages. And when Ed Donatel says we're going to make it hard on the quarterback, this is what he's referring to. Um, before we get into all of that, though, let me talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It's Built Bar. Built Bar is absolutely delicious. They have all sorts of delicious flavors. Their main series flavors like chocolate, caramel, chocolate, orange, raspberry, mint, or whatever. Um, they also have chocolate or they have their built bar puffs, built puffs. Those are just like marshmallowy goodness. It's so good. And I don't know how they made marshmallow out of collagen protein. I'm not complaining about it. It's absolutely fantastic. We got like a churro one. It's like cinnamon marshmallow deliciousness. And it's like four grams of sugar in that thing. Compare that to a real candy bar. That's like 30 grams of sugar, 300 calories, Try 130 calories in a built bar. And then like 17 grams of protein. It's the kind of thing you can have after a workout or as a late night snack. The kind of thing you're going to crave, but also not have to feel guilty about. So head on over to built.com enter promo code locked15 l o c k e d 1 5 then you can get 15% off of your order that's promo code locked15 at built.com so there's two more coverages i want to go over here and then you can hopefully things will start to click as i go over them and you'll get this like intuitive understanding of how these coverages sort of play into each other make things easy on the defenders and hard on the offense um, so, the next one is cover six and it's sister coverage. Um, the coach Vass thing that I watched to learn all this, he called it cover eight. Sometimes it's quarter, quarter, half, or half, half, quarter, or half quarter, quarter. Don't get bogged down in the terminology. Understand if you know cover six, if you're a Madden player and you understand cover six, you might already have this, but cover six is cover four on one side and cover two on the other side. Get it? Two, four, six. Uh, so, you have a half, a deep half zone on one side, and then two deep quarter zones on the other side, on the other side. So quarter, quarter, half, or half, quarter, quarter. And the difference depends on um, the one that's listed first is the strong side. So in half, quarter, quarter, the strong side has a is the one playing a half zone, and the weak side is the one playing quarter zones, and in uh, quarter, quarter, half, the other way around. Um So that's the way you should remember it. But understand that these are sister coverages. These are very much the same thing. And people will ask, like, well, why do this? Why not just play... Cover two or cover four. Isn't this way more complicated? And and what's the actual point of it? If they have a cover two beater, it's going to beat the cover two side. If they have a cover four beater, it's going to beat the cover four side, right? And the answer is like not quite so much. So it allows you a little bit more flexibility and control over where you put a double team. If you wanted to do... Half, quarter, quarter, where you're playing cover two on the strong side of a play, let's say a three by one formation, three wide receivers on one side and one on the other side, a lot of times teams will use that to isolate their best player. Take Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams. They're going to put Devontae Adams as the one in the three by one. He's going to be on one side of the field all by himself. And the defense has to decide, do I leave a guy on an island over there? or do i borrow another player from the side with three wide receivers on it where they need a ton of players to cover that and do i borrow a player from that situation to go cover devonte adams with uh with with quarter quarter half or half quarter quarter you kind of get the best of both worlds where in um in quarter quarter half for example you can have quarter zones against the third the three side and that means two deep zones that means two of those routes can go deep and be covered and you have most of the, those coverages, which are very, very similar to those other ones. So again, I, I do recommend learning the Zimmer system, even though it's outdated. It, it will give you a foundation, um, but they can call a coverage that's going to be good or what, like a box coverage, which is four versus three. And then on the other side of the play, you get a double team on Devante Adams, where you have a safety over the top and then a corner can like play him with safety help. And that's really great. Um, another thing you can do in this coverage is you can have a backside safety Um, Is in half quarter quarter, which means the quarters are on the weak side where there's less players, that backside safety, that weak side safety can sort of be borrowed onto the other side and you can play like poach which is a very classic cover seven thing that Zimmer has been doing that that you might be familiar with already. Um, You might remember a Cameron Bynum interception against the Ravens. This was the assignment he was doing um, where you are a backside safety and your job is to essentially see if anything is coming across the field to your way and go try to intercept it and be sneaky about that. Um, That is a, a very common thing in these cover six slash cover eight defenses, half quarter, quarter, whatever you want to call it. So that's that. And it can be very, very versatile because you're going to kind of stack more players on one side of the field than the other. And it makes it very easy to borrow one of those players if you have to uh, from the side with more players toward the side with fewer players. And the way that those zones are are constructed, which is the, the detail of that is too granular to get into in a format like this podcast, um, but that can be really helpful against certain concepts. And then you can start to use game plan. You can say, wow, they run shallow crosses a lot. Let's make one of the linebackers who's usually in a quarters coverage carry those uh, crossers across the field. And have him be, you know, the, the person responsible for that. Or you say, man, they've got a crazy tight end and they love to do crossers. We do not or, you know, we're going to play the Rams. They have Cooper Cup line up as the slot receiver and he runs a crosser across the middle. Let's not have a, a linebacker carry him all the time. Let's put the quarters on the weak side to make sure we're, we're defending against that. And that gives you a lot of uh, flexibility. The other thing I want to get you to know is Cover 3 and Fire Zone. So they use their version of Cover 3. It's very different from the version of Cover 3 that took over the league forever ago. For for one, it's not spot drop zone. It's, It's zone match, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode. But also, it's designed to accommodate Fire Zone blitzes. So Fire Zone blitzes is something you may have already heard of as well, which are blitzes that take an unorthodox player and put them into coverage so that somebody else can blitz and it's a very good way to confuse the protection. If you've got Daniil Hunter lined up, they're going to set their protection to account for Daniil Hunter. They're not leaving that guy unblocked. Um, So when he backs off into coverage... They have now wasted a player that they had assigned to block Daniel Hunter, and then somebody else comes from somewhere else, and hopefully you can get a free lane to the quarterback that way. Fire zone is in every defense, and, and how you set up for fire zone is very important because you got a defensive lineman in coverage. And if you mess that up, this happened a couple years ago with Afadio Denebo. You might remember a Robbie Anderson touchdown where he was man-to-man with Afadio Denebo. What? <laughs> how did that happen? Well, that was fire zone kind of being exploited, the Fangio defenses have a different way to deal with this. A, again, it's zone match. So if 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 Fadio Denebo, if a defensive end is lined up against Robbie Anderson, he's not going to be tasked with carrying that guy forever like you would in, in a Zimmer defense. But also, the way that they coach cover three is uh like designed for this. So let me explain cover three real quick. You got your three deep zones, and then you have four underneath zones. Of those four, the two on the outside are called curl-flat zones, where you kind of guard a curl route from the outside receiver and if there's nothing like that or if there's something to the flat you widen out and then in the middle they're called hook zones where it's kind of the same deal you're it's like a middle-ish zone um and that's like classic cover three and zone match is just using that as your rule set for who you cover um in the Fangio defenses it's zone match cover three and then what they then do is they they will kind of coach you to prioritize the inside thing. And they coach this everywhere, whether or not they're doing a blitz out of this. So you are always going to take the inner innermost route first. You guard the curl. And if, somebody, if there's somebody in the flat, go widen out for it, but do not widen out at all unless somebody is making you. And so by... Having everybody stay inside, it makes the assignment easier in a lot of cases. When you're not blitzing, that makes cover three kind of not that good. You're just restricting the player and you're making yourself worse against like swing passes and things to talented running backs like Aaron Jones or, or Dalvin Cook. Um, or or Alvin Kamara, whoever, you're you're making yourself worse against that kind of for no reason. But when you blitz, the advantage of this comes clean and it's just easier to teach it one way for everything. So they just kind of do that. Um, And that means they don't really go to cover three, like base cover three very often. If you're going to have one high safety and you're going to play a... coverage, that means you can get another person in the box. It's going to be cover one. That's just the way these Fangio defenses work. And that's kind of why they they gravitate toward cover one. So imagine now that with a fire zone blitz. So now you have Daniel Hunter and he's backing off into a curl flat zone. Well, he doesn't have to widen. He can just get depth and be comfortable with that. That's much easier. And it means that it's way harder to punish the defensive lineman who's dropping into coverage on fire zone if you're trying to find that guy. And everybody on the defensive line knows these assignments. So if you are a defensive tackle, you might, Dalvin Tomlinson might back off into coverage. We're going to do this weird stuff because it's deceptive. And the cover three, like, Coaching is designed to make that a doable assignment that Dalvin Tomlinson can do so that dropping Dalvin Tomlinson into coverage isn't like a death sentence that you would never have to do. They, they want that option open to them because it's going to screw up a lot of protections and then that's where you can get really creative with blitzes. So think about all of this. Think about the idea of, okay, a linebacker is blitzing and a safety is coming to replace him. What coverage is that? Is that cover one? Is that, is that cover three? Because it could be cover three that's rotated that has... And they've got all these variants of cover three where sometimes the three uh, deep routes or the three deep zones are two corners in a safety. Sometimes it's two safeties in a corner and it's rotated around. So it could be that. It could be a weird cover six thing and they rotate with cover six the same way as well. Um, and so all of this means... Dep- like what you usually see as a quarterback, you, you look at the safeties and you see what they do. And usually that tells you what the coverage is. Those two safeties back off and they play deep half zones. It's cover two. Now I know that. And now my progression can, can proceed accordingly. Um, but if you see the two safety, if you see a safety go over the middle and then another safety drop into the, the shallow area of the field, that could be cover one. That could be cover six. That could be cover three. And you don't really know at all. And it makes the information that quarterbacks usually rely on super, super useless. And that's the thesis of the whole defense. And you're doing this with with very simplistic coverages that you can teach to everybody, but they look really complicated to the offense. Hence, the illusion of complexity. Hence, the, the whole deal that I've been driving at. And where this gets really cool, I think, to analyze, and maybe I'll get to this tomorrow... Thinking about what sorts of players that's that requires and I've tried to have this conversation a little bit before but I don't think I was ready and I think I'm ready now where you go okay who should be the corner then who should be the weak side safety and the strong side safety. Is Harrison Smith good for this? Is Eric Kendricks good for this? Is Daniel Hunter good for this? Is Anthony Barr good for this? And also, who else is good for this? Let's talk about it. And so I want to have that conversation with you too. hopefully tomorrow, unless something else comes up. Um, in the meantime, check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. I know I'm neglecting the draft after free agency. I'll be all over it, I promise. Um, but in the meantime, go check out the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. I want to keep talking about this. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.